the people live on the coasts, and I knew the trail would have to go up through the middle of the state somewhere, somehow. So I looked at where there were big patches of public land, and so what jumps out you right away uh, is uh, Ocala National Forest, Osceola National Forest, and Apalachicola National Forest. And so I just figured that the trail was going to have to go through those forests. I also wanted the trail to go along the banks of the Suwannee River. Uh, and, you know, to this day, those are, those are very important trails. That was Jim Kern, the founder of the Florida Trail and the Florida Trail Association. And he's my first guest for the podcast. Hi, I'm your host, Misty Little, trail name Ridley. And if you listen to the introduction episode, you know why I'm starting this podcast. And having Jim on the podcast and having him first was something that I really, really wanted to do. And so I was very thrilled and thankful that Jim agreed to come on to talk about how he formed the Florida Trail, scouting the Florida Trail itself, and what he's done later on in his life to protect not only the Florida Trail, but other trails. So a little more about Jim. He founded the Florida Trail in 1966 and later founded the American Hiking Society in 1976. In addition, in 1990, he founded Big City Mountaineers. And more recently, he founded Friends of the Florida Trail and Hiking Trails for America, both aimed at protecting not only the Florida Trail, but other long-distance trails. And you'll hear in our conversation about how most of the other trails in the National Scenic Trail system are not protected in the same way as the Appalachian Trail. And the Arizona National Scenic Trail is the only other footpath that is completely protected. So while the Florida Trail may be dissed about because of its roadwalks, there are actually plenty of other trails that have just as much roadwalks, if not more, and they are not fully protected and deserve the protections that the Appalachian and Arizona Trails do. So for some context, from the Hiking Trails for America website, not only is the Florida Trail missing 300 miles, the Ice Age National Scenic Trail is missing 500, the Natchez Trace 370 out of its 444, 73 on the New England National Scenic Trail, 1600 out of 4600 of the North Country National Scenic Trail, the Pacific Crest Trail is missing 265 miles that are not protected, Pacific Northwest Trail 300, Potomac Heritage Trail, 108, and the Continental Divide, 558. So, for that, while you're out hiking this summer, consider doing more after you get off the trail. Volunteering, joining the Trail Association for whichever trail you just hiked, and writing and pressing your local representatives to protect the trail and give what the Appalachian Trail got to the rest of the trails in the National Scenic Trail System. They're all in desperate need of being protected, and if we want to be enjoying them for the years to come, we need to be working hard to protect them permanently. Uh, a couple notes. Uh, in the episode, we talk about Grandma Gatewood, and if you're not familiar with her, I highly suggest checking her out, looking her up. Um, we weren't quite sure what she used for covering while she was hiking the Appalachian Trail, but I remembered and I looked it up and it was a shower curtain. So be thankful for if you're out on the Appalachian Trail this summer for all of those shelters along the way that are built by trail maintainers and local clubs. Be very, very thankful for those. And be thankful for whatever gear you have for your hammock, for your tent, because gear was obviously not... Um, the same as it was uh, 50 years ago. Um, most of it didn't exist in the methods that it does today. And finally, a note on the audio quality. I normally record on Google Hangouts or Skype, but due to Wi-Fi issues at Jim's house, that was not going to be a good option. So I was scrambling at the last minute, and I ended up working out Google Voice. And if you're familiar with that, it's basically a Google phone number, and it connects to your phone, and there's a recording option. And that's what I ended up working out, and so the audio sounds like you're on the phone, <laughs> and I actually did record my uh, in separately on my podcasting uh, platform on my computer, but when I tried to splice it together, it just, it sounded too weird, so I left it as the phone audio quality, um, maybe just turn up your audio just a little bit so it's not so fuzzy, but it sounds fine. You get the gist of the conversation just great. So pardon me for, for that for my first episode on the podcast. 
And if you enjoy this episode, please take time to consider leaving a five-star rating and review on iTunes or Stitcher. It would uh, be greatly appreciated because it would help me be found in the algorithm algorithms of Apple Podcasts and all that good stuff. So I would definitely appreciate it if you took the few minutes out of your day to do that. Now, on to the episode. First of all, I thank you for um, helping me get this podcast going. And I wanted to have you on because, obviously, you're the founder of the Florida Trail. So if you want to start, maybe kind of introduce yourself and kind of talk about how you started this whole thing. Okay. Uh, my name is Jim Kern. I'm the founder of the Florida Trail and of the nonprofit organization that uh, takes care of it, maintained it um, from 1966 until 1983 when we found a partner. Uh, mm-hmm. Congress handed off the responsibility of the Florida Trail to the U.S. Forest Service in 1983 when uh, when Congress uh, anointed the trail with the prestigious designation of National Scenic Trail. So there are now 11 National Scenic Trails, and the Florida Trail is one of them. Right. That was uh, – but 1966 is – when I took a long hike up through the center of the state uh, to uh, uh, get some publicity, to sort of announce uh, the idea to to readers, of, you know, uh, I was I was I was looking for some uh, coverage in the newspapers in those days uh, mm-hmm. of this hike. So I I hiked uh, well midway. If you go across Miami to Naples through the Everglades and the Big Cypress National Preserve. About halfway, uh, there is a dike that heads north, and I yes. followed that dike. Um, and eventually, 12 days later, um, I, I arrived at Highlands Hammock State Park, and I did get some the publicity that I was looking for, and people wrote to me and asked for details about the the Florida Trail. I had formed a nonprofit by that time, so I, I had, uh, uh, you know, a membership card ready to go. Uh, and it wasn't too long before I remember. A few months later, we had 70 members, and that that's how we started. Uh, <laughs> Did I use nothing that to 70 members? The summer of 1966. Excuse me. I, it is pretty amazing. You went from from no no members to, to 77 or 70 so fast. Yeah. Well, uh, the article, the Miami Herald had a supple- Sunday supplement, uh, and I uh, did I write the story? Yeah, I think I wrote the story. Okay. Uh, of 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 uh, the Florida Trail, they put a picture on the cover about the hike that I just mentioned. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, and and friends in the Greater Miami area, not only did they read it, but they they sent it to people they knew around in Florida who uh, who who were interested. They knew their friends were interested in hiking. You see, so they sent the article around. So actually, uh, right away, uh, I had a member in Gainesville. I remember another member in a little town called Auburndale, Florida, and Fort mm-hmm. Myers. And uh, so it wasn't just the Miami crowd. All right. Now, what was, I mean, I spent a lot of time in Big Cypress and that area of the state when I lived in Florida because I, I worked um, for the Miccosukee tribe. So mm-hmm. kind of, that was my home territory for a while. What was, I mean, back in the 60s, what was that area like? like um, I mean, I know they were still probably working on building levees and types and stuff like that back then. Was it pretty wild and exciting? <laughs> Well, um, the dikes uh, in in '66, the dikes had been had some of the dikes had been built. Uh, Interstate 75, we called it Alligator Alley, uh, mm-hmm. ran from uh, Fort Lauderdale to to Naples. Uh, that at that at that in that year, it had not yet been built. Um, it's a three day walk from the southern terminus on. Inter, uh, on Highway 41, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, we call that the Tamiami, uh, the Tamiami Trail. Mm-hmm. It's uh, generally a three-day walk from there to Alligator Alley, but in the beginning, uh, that Alligator Alley wasn't there. Interstate 75 wasn't there, so it was, uh, you know, I don't remember anybody doing it until Alligator Alley was built, to tell you the truth. But I have, oh, wow. to, explain. I have to explain that uh, uh, the dike that I, uh, I hiked north on a dike that began at 40-mile bends. Now, uh, mm-hmm. South Floridians will know about 40-mile bend on the Miami Trail, but there was a dike that went north, and I hiked up there. Well, now there was a gap between that uh, and a, a dike coming down from the south, maybe 7 to 10 miles. Well, what am I going to do about that? <laughs> deep standing water in the in the big cypress. Well, I in those days, I... I I had uh, the, uh, the government sent out an airboat and picked me up and took me from the end of the uh, the, the dike where I started to the mm-hmm. southern terminus of the next dike. So, uh, so I then went on hiked from there into Cluiston. Then I went around the the, the dike built around Lake Okeechobee to prevent. Oh wow. A disastrous flood, you know. I think in the late twenties had drowned hundreds of people when when the river right. flooded. Uh, so I hiked around that through Moorhaven uh, to the uh, to where Fish Eating Creek runs into uh, into Lake Okeechobee, and then I mm-hmm. followed the floodplain of Fish Eating Creek up to Highlands Hammock State Park. Oh Before wow! It was over. I was trespassing on some private land. <laughs> I, you know, just taking my chances. Well, for one thing, Missy, I didn't know for sure that this was going to be a good route. And as it turned out, you know, we considered shortly after that we considered a route up through the Fakahatchee Strand to oh, yeah. Swamp Sanctuary and north from there through some citrus groves. By the way. We yeah. abandoned that, and then then we came back east, not all the way to the dike I was on, but we came back east to about the middle of the Big Cypress Swamp, and that's where the terminus is today. Right. I'd, I'd say instead of the 40-mile bend, which means 40 miles west of the Dade County Courthouse, I would say it's about the 50 or 52nd, 53rd mile west, mm-hmm. of, the, west of there. Wow. That, that's where it that's- starts. That's amazing. I, for one, would have liked it over in Pakahatchee. I like that area. So. <laughs> Me too. I wanted it there. Yeah. Yeah. I can't that remember. I think our problems our problems were not in the Pakahatchee. I like the idea of arriving at Corkscrew. But further north, between there and the, and the Caloosahatchee River, there, was, uh, there wasn't enough public land. There was almost no public land. Yeah. So we had a problem. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So, and then eventually you kind of found a, the first blazes of the trail over in Ocala National Forest. Um, yeah. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yes. Well, after that hike, by the way, uh, that hike I just mentioned, that first hike in in March mm-hmm. of 1966, uh, I had arranged for some friends to join me at different places. When I got to Moorhaven, the a, a president of the then president of the Tropical Audubon Society joined me with some Boy Scouts for the weekend. That was a weekend. Mm-hmm. And then when we arrived in Palmdale, they went back home. But Ross Allen from Silver Springs, he had the Ross Allen Reptile Institute. He drove mm-hmm. down from Ocala, from the Ocala area, with uh, with two students and a young man from England. And they hiked with me from, i got to think about this, from Palmdale to, um, well, not many people know about this, but there's a county road 731. They hiked with me for three days also. And then I went on from there by myself. And and and, and uh, on the 12th day, I, I arrived at Highlands Hammock State Park west of Seabring. Right. That was that, what I wanted to create, you know, was a was a, a hike that would 
would say to people, hey, you know, we could establish a long footpath through Florida. It would be a winter footpath. Uh, it would be in the remote, more remote parts of, of our state. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it would be, uh, our version of the Appalachian Trail, you know? Right. That's what it is. Right. Right. Yeah. And then so, like, like, um, like you said, you, you went up to Ocala and kind of scouted up there. But I mean, oh, ideally. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. In your, in, no, that's okay. Um, that's okay. I know there's like a lot of tangents to go. We could go uh, on, but all right. <laughs> um, I mean, between between blazing on Ocala, but also like I want to talk about like what your original vision for the trail. Like, did you like it starting in Big Cypress? What about not? What about starting in Everglades? And I mean, obviously it's a little wetter down there, so <laughs> yeah, it was too but, wet. Um, I decided I decided that would be too wet. Okay. And so I'd have to I'd have to stick to the Big Cypress, which is wet all summer. But you know, uh, in a typical year, January, February, March, April, uh, you know, it's, it varies a lot depending on the rain, the rains in October and November. But, uh, but the Big Cypress, there's, there are no lakes in the Big Cypress. This is a vast area. I mean, it's, it's like 30 miles by 20 miles. I mean, it's, that's 600 square miles. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. uh, it's a, it's a big, big place. And believe it or not, there, there are no lakes there. There are no rivers, streams. It's flat as a pancake. So, uh, just a few inches of elevation difference determines whether there are pine growing on the land and, uh, some palmettos, the kind of place where you can pitch a tent or, uh, cypress heads, uh, low, low right. places where right. you're going to get wet feet. And uh, so when it dries out, you know, it, you, you, you could die of thirst in the big cypress swamp. I mean, in, in May. Uh, our, our first hike in big cypress, we had to filter from a little bitty mud puddle from an otter slide, and that was it. There was no water. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I want to get back to your question about Ocala. Let me let me tell you uh, about the first hike in Ocala. That was a very important hike. Um, so I did the uh, – I did this thing in March, uh, by, you know, up, up through the Big Cypress uh, to Highlands Hammock State Park. Then, then it got too warm. And in the fall, I had a, a hike to kind of explore a possible route in the Fakahatchee Strand. And another hike north of that, and and then in the, during the winter months, I I scheduled a hike uh, in Ocala National Forest, and that was important because the various places that we had been looking at were, were eventually abandoned, but the hike in Ocala, starting in Clearwater Campground, uh, and we hiked to. Uh, we hiked to uh, Juniper Springs. Uh, that that stretch is still to this day a part of the 1,300-mile uh, alignment of the Florida Trail. So it's consequential. It's a, it's a, it's an important place. As a matter of fact, you know these historical markers that you see by the side of the road. Mm-hmm. They have they have put a, a historical marker uh, in. In, in, on the road, on the a short road, on into Clearwater Campground, uh, acknowledging the creation of the Florida Trail, and we're we're very proud of that. That's where it is, and that's that blaze that we put there that that day. Uh, in uh, let me see, let me see, let me think a minute. Was that before January one? Uh, sorry, I'm thinking whether it was a '66 or '67. I think it was in 67. I think it was in 67. So uh, that 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 was a very important uh, blaze because we we had orange spray can. The paint was in spray cans, and, were, <laughs> and we would go along. I mean, we were winging it. We didn't we didn't know anything about how to do anything. And right, so we had these uh, cans of orange spray paint, and we started there in uh, in Ocala putting. Uh, orange paint on on the longleaf pines uh, there, and that, that was uh, that was the beginning. And uh, I hiked on that within the past year. Uh, a me- memorable 
event to go back and see the trail after you know it's been 52 years since right we right founded, founded the trail yeah right wow and so after you established the trail there like what section did you pinpoint to go for next did you just try to connect all the different lands in the central part of the state or can you elaborate on that yeah well um uh, people live on the coasts, and I knew the trail would have to go up through the middle of the state somewhere, somehow. So I looked at where there were big patches of public land, and so what jumps out you right away uh, is uh, Ocala National Forest, Osceola mm-hmm. National Forest, and Apalachicola National Forest. And so I just figured that the trail was going to have to go through those forests. I also wanted the trail to go along the banks of the Suwannee River. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, to this day, those are those are very important trails um, uh, that I just mentioned, those, those four. I wasn't sure how far west the trail would go. And in the beginning, in my mind, I thought, gee, we may, we may just have to end this in Tallahassee. There's not enough people living in uh, uh, Pensacola and the, the Fort Walton Beach and the places to the west. Uh, we've got to find a pool of people who will, you know, care for the trail, maintain it, and so on. And I, I, I wasn't sure we could find them. Well, uh, after I founded the, uh, let, let me back up. Um, so I did that first hike in March of 66. I had, uh, um, I don't remember how many names there were on the roster from the original 70, but, you know, maybe we had 100 or 200 names, uh, members. Uh, dues, by the way, were a dollar a year. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I thought we ought to have an annual meeting, and I thought it ought to be in uh, um Highlands Hammock State Park for a couple of reasons. One, most of the uh, membership was in those days was coming out of Miami because of the Miami Herald. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I didn't want to be actually in Miami. We had to reach out to other Floridians, so it needed to be north. And uh, this park was maybe, I'm guessing, 100 and 125, 135 miles north right up through the center of the state on Highway 27, mm-hmm. just west of Sebring. So we had a we had a we had an annual meeting. I think it was the first week of December. I'm not sure, and it was well attended. And uh, from those folks who were there, I, I picked a board of directors. So we were by that time we were in business. You know, we had a nonprofit. Uh, uh, corporation established, and we had a board of directors, and uh, I was the president for the first, uh, I can't remember how many years it was, but then uh, I passed the baton, the board did, passed the baton to Tom Montoya, who mm-hmm. lived in Auburndale, and uh, uh, and we didn't look back. I mean, uh, we kept growing and building and growing and building the trail. Uh, the the, the low-hanging fruit, you know, is on public land. So we were looking for land that the water management district uh, districts had, had acquired, uh, state parks, uh, any kind of public land like that. Right. Uh, and so today we have a thousand miles of foot trail uh, out of a, a, a alignment that's. Um, I think it's around 1,300 miles, and we're, we want, we, we, we've set our sights on extending the trail all the way out to the end of the panhandle, right. the panhandle. Right. Now, um, oh, I just lost my train of thought there for a second. <laughs> um, okay, when, it, when, uh, when the trail became a National Scenic Trail, about how many miles were built by then? Uh... I'm, I'm going to guess at this because I don't know exactly, but I think I think about four or five hundred miles. I think. Okay. okay. Yeah. Now here's the thing. Uh, 
I mentioned 11 national scenic trails. Well, uh, the Appalachian Trail is continuous from end to end because Congress made it happen. In right. 1968, they passed something called the National Trail System Act, and they gave they gave the Appalachian Trail uh, several million dollars altogether, stretched over 30 years, about 200 million, and they an eminent domain like every highway and railroad and and uh, power line, so they they could finish the job. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only other trail that's continuous from end to end is the Arizona Trail because it's entirely on federal land. All the rest, even the mighty uh, Pacific Trust Trail and the, and the 3,200-mile um, Continental Divide Trail, uh, they're missing hundreds of miles because they never received what Congress gave the Appalachian Trail. So we're kind of poor sisters. Um, uh, right. Unfortunately, and and in the past year, I've founded for the Florida Trail something called Friends of the Florida Trail dot org. Mm-hmm. Sole purpose of it is to see that we get what Congress gave the uh, Appalachian Trail, and then I founded Hiking Trails for America dot org to try and secure. For the other those other trails, what the Appalachian Trail has received. So those two nonprofits are running in tandem. I formed one in uh, I think 2013, and the other in 2012. Um, and I, they both have their own boards, and their sole mission is to complete the tra- these trails. I, I think it's outrageous that uh, Congress. You know, Give the person a, a chance to do an easy job, and they'll take it, you know. So that's what they did. They gave us this fancy name. We are a National Scenic Trail. Well, now you got to do the hard part, folks. Let's let's get right. these hikers off the, off a paved road and into the woods where they belong. So we've got about 300 miles of, of paved roads. In spite of that, Misty, every year, well, this past year, I'd say a couple dozen people uh, started off the first week of January, uh, not together, you know, but spread out over maybe two weeks. Uh, hiked the whole the whole route um, from mm-hmm. Big Cypress all the way all the way out to the uh, Gulf Islands National Seashore. Yeah, thirteen hundred yep. miles. Now, why um, is there a reason why Congress never passed or anybody pushed Congress to pass a similar similar legislation? For the other trails, um, yeah. or were they just stonewalled, or what's the reasoning behind that? Yeah. You know, uh, in terms of the national budget, this is nothing. This is a this is a drop. This is a drop in the bucket. Literally, it's a drop in the bucket. However, uh, if you added up a 30-year acquisition program, it was actually the Park Service, the National Park Service, that, uh, that was assigned the job of Acquiring the right of way, but over that over that thirty years, uh, they did spend about two hundred million dollars. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you divide that two hundred. What is that? Seven million a year? Seven times thirty? Yeah. I mean, it's it's nothing. But nevertheless, it, it's money. Right. And, uh, and Congress and Congress has uh, you know pleads that that they're broke. <laughs> right. <laughs> Got no money for anything, right? No. Right. Everybody, everybody needs a lot of money. Well, okay. My my argument about that is you buy this right away. And unlike a state park, unlike unlike a county boat ramp, unlike a national park, you don't have to spend a lot of money because there is a culture among hikers to maintain the trail. I mean, it it started from the beginning, and right. and 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 the members of the Florida Trail Association get out there on weekends, you know, and they and they and they. There's almost no litter, but they pick it up. They uh, they have loppers. They have uh, they have a walk behind mower if they need it. They have you know, and they and they and they keep the trail trimmed and uh, any signage they they fix that. So uh, this is a good deal for the government. Um, uh, give, get the secure.
secure the right of way. We'll do the rest. Right, it's a right. Story that has to be told, Misty, and that's what I'm trying to do. And I know, um, based on what I've read online, your your views on having an eminent domain are kind of um, maybe challenged by other people who want to take a more lackadaisical approach, I guess, if you will. Yeah. Um, and I guess can you discuss that and why you sure. you feel so strongly this method is the best sure. way to protect the trail? Yeah. Um, and this happened, by the way, when uh, in in '68 when Congress passed the legislation, there were members of the Appalachian Trail Conference, as it was called in those days. They didn't want they didn't want that. They didn't they didn't want the government in there buying land. They, you know. Uh, there were there were going to be property owners who who, who wouldn't like that, right? And, and they had developed links with property owners to get permission to get across their land. And now what? Now the government's going to come along and take it? You see, it's, mm-hmm. it's difficult. It was very difficult. Uh, but nevertheless, it happened. And it's like every road, or or you know, I mean, you go to build a road, any long thin corridor, you're never ever going to get it done. I mean, with negotiations now. Right. Now, I'm speaking for myself, and I believe this 100%. I'd love to, I'd love to put down a hundred thousand dollars on on this and make a wager, but because I don't think it can be done any other way. But through the hiking community, throughout the hiking community, there is a sense that uh, that we're gonna we're gonna finish it without having to resort to that. Well, uh, good luck. And as a matter of fact. I would love it. Finish the trail any any way. We just want the trails complete. We want the trails continuous. We don't want hikers out there on a hot, dangerous uh, uh, asphalt road, you know, hiking along. That's not what they're there for. That's not why they got interested in hiking. That just defeats the whole spirit of, of of the, the thing, it's it, the spirit of the 1968 Congressional Act. It just doesn't it never dreamt of that. But but uh, we're we're very uh, you know we're very cautious about uh, about it. Look look, uh, eminent domain is a, is a, is a, is a, a severe right that the government has. I mean think about it. it the, co- the Constitution says it must be for the public domain. It must be for the public good. I mean. Right. You can't take it for you know, because somebody wants to build a high rise. You can't take property for that purpose. But if it's for the public good, well, this is obviously for the public good. Uh, we pass that test easily. But nevertheless, uh, it's it's a uh, it's very controversial, particularly in the West. Uh, states' rights are, are you know uh, uh, property rights are, are are so intensely. Uh, you know, guys with ranches. I've I've been to see the owners of some of the biggest uh, ranching properties in Florida, and and they tell me. I know a, a one guy I'm thinking of right now owns a thirty thousand acre ranch in St. Lucie County, very influential man, and he says to me, "You have no idea how they want to nickel and dime us all the time. They want to put a gas line through our ranch. They want to put a power power line through our ranch. They want you know we're fighting it all the time. See so." That's right. the other side of it. That's the other side of it. Uh, right. So it's it it you know this this is a this is a, a a constitutional provision that we can refer to that we can access, but uh, it it shouldn't be readily available, and it's not. And uh, and 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 another thing too. You know, hikers they want to just go out in the woods and enjoy themselves. They <laughs> hikers are not pushy. Politically minded types. I mean, it doesn't. Right. The, the two don't fit. Right. And so, uh, and so they they don't want confrontation. The average guy I know who loves hiking, he wants to go out there with a, by himself or a couple few friends and enjoy a week or a month or a, an overnight or a day. And uh, it's 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 a recreation. Well, um, hikers have to face up to the fact. It's you know you got to you got to you got to negotiate your way through this, or you got to you got to find some way to make it complete because it's until it's complete, it it doesn't a 
acquire that that special cachet, you know. Look at the. Let me give you some figures. Uh, the Appalachian Trail's been around for ninety years. Mm-hmm. Florida Trail's been around for fifty-two years. That's a long time. Not as long yeah. as the AT. Not as long as the AT, but it's a long time. We have the only winter footpath in America that's free of snow. We yeah. have people coming from Europe, coming from Michigan, coming from Japan to hike on our trail. Well, uh, it doesn't have what the Appalachian Trail has. Here are the numbers. The Appalachian Trail has 3 million visitors, that is people who at least set foot on the Appalachian Trail. We have 365,000. Hmm. That's one-tenth, a little, little more than one-tenth. Or compare the thru-hikers. They're the ones that care most about the continuity. Mm-hmm. So in 2012, there were 2,000 people who signed the register at the southern terminus in Amicalola Falls State Park. There were 2,000 people who signed the register with the intention of hiking all the way to Maine. In 2015, there were 3,000. Oh, my goodness. And in, and in this year, because I was there two weeks ago, they fully expect there will be 4,000 people signing the register to hike all the way to Maine. We need these other trails. We need people to say, oh, you know, it's, it's, this is, uh, the Continental Divide Trail has everything to, as much to offer as the, as the AT. Right. The North Country Trail. You know, it's just as good. It's just, well, today it's not just as good. You don't, right. you don't, you know. So, uh, so, so, if we want, if we want these trails for the nation, um, then we're we're just going to have to uh, figure out how to buy, how to get it. And uh, so far, so far, we have one trail entirely on federal land, and one trail where Congress gave them all the tools they needed to make it continuous. And all the others, all nine, are hugely discontinuous. Hugely. And now I want to tell you how bad it is. Yes, so you do. <laughs> if you add up the alignment of the other trails, it comes to 16,000 miles. So you add up the Ice Age Trail and the the ones I've mentioned, the, the, uh, uh, the Continental Divide Trail and the Pacific Crest Trail and also the Potomac Heritage Trail and the uh, North Country Trail and so on and so on. All right, mm-hmm. 16,000 miles. The wow. gaps, the gaps in those trails totals 4,007. So 25% of the right-of-way in our National Scenic Trails and nine of our National Scenic Trails, 25% is missing. So what are we going to do about it? Congress is not going to do a thing until we put pressure on Congress. They're not, you know, they're always going to take the easy way out. And uh, so we've got to be a squeaky wheel, and we've got to say we represent X number of people. And we speak for, you know, outdoor recreation. This is... uh, this is a very democratic uh, 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 form of recreation. Anybody can go out and walk. <clears throat> you don't need fancy equipment. You need some footwear. That's it. Right. And, uh, <laughs> Grandma Gatewood, do you know who she is? Yes, I do. Well, Grandma yes. Gatewood, uh, for your listeners, she started hiking when she was in her late 80s. She was the first woman to hike the entire length of the Appalachian Trail. She hiked in sneakers and she just put her possessions in a in a in a sack. And mm-hmm. she carried the sack over her shoulder. So, uh, you know, you you can you can do it any which way you want. I mean, uh yeah, get a fancy uh down bag and uh pay 330 bucks for it or or <laughs> or just go out there with a, you know, I don't know what she I don't know what she put pulled over her at night. <laughs> I'm not sure either. Oh, jeez, I don't know. But anyway, oh, man. You, know, you know that after that, I don't know if you know this, but after that she hiked it again. And before yep. she was, before she was uh, 
let's see, let's see. Oh gosh, my memory. Help me out of I think I think in when she was seventy five she hiked it for the third time. She did I'm hike not, it three not, times. I just don't know how old she was. Wow. Wow. Yep. <laughs> Amazing. But you know, no, do you have any... it's it's democratic because it's open to anybody, like any age. I took my kids backpacking uh, on an overnight hike when they were five. Grandma Gatewood when she was in her seventies, and uh, and so you know it's uh, and you know women enjoy this as much as men. I, it's it's wonderful to see. I've been to group meetings and I see women are very very well represented. So it's a, yeah. I, I... Definitely agree with that. I, I would say I definitely agree with that. I see, at least on social media, there's definitely been an, um, a lot of women even forming little groups to go out hiking together, um, which is really great to see. So. Yeah, yeah. So do you have any hopes that, in, you know, that these any of these trails will be finished, you know, in the next 10, 20 years, or, well, or, or uh, is, are you more pessimistic? <laughs> Well, I think the other trails, uh, well, not all of them, but the mountain ridge trails, like the uh, like the Continental Divide Trail and the Pacific Crest Trail, uh, you know, they the need is not as the time the time factor to acquire is not as urgent, perhaps, because they follow ridges, and on these ridges. Uh, there's not a lot of grass growing for cattle. <laughs> right, right. There's, there's uh, you know, the activity is, is down in the valley uh, where, where a community gets going, a road gets built. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, the Ice Age Trail begins and ends in Wisconsin, and it's, there's, there's no, there's not a lot of mountains at all. Uh, yeah. Uh, they have less time, and Florida we have swampland that protect us. We can we can hike along the edge of a swamp, you know, a, a, a wet a wetland, like the floodplain of uh, of uh, uh, what am I thinking of? The Kissimmee River, mm-hmm. uh, you know, right where uh, right along the edge of the floodplain. That's there are live oaks that like that habitat. It's great. It's it's very scenic. Um, so uh, that's that's a um, you know, uh, if we don't get to that, to buy, acquiring that right away for ten or twenty years, I think I think that'll still be there. But but uh, uh, sites along the Swanee River, for example, you know, these parcels uh, have been uh, sold off um, acre, two acres, three acre sites for people to build weekend cottages. Well, uh, it's. Uh, Time is not on our side if we if we right. want to get a continuous trail along the Swanee River. Right. Well, I don't want to end on a a, a sad note with that, but maybe we could go back to um, maybe your favorite section of the Florida Trail. Have you hiked anything recently? Um, let's see. Where have I hiked uh, lately? Um, I think the last hike on the Florida Trail. Well, let me think. It's probably Rice Creek Sanctuary. Oh, there's some fabulous places on the Florida Trail. If 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 uh, any listener is uh, not familiar with the trail, go to uh, uh, floridatrail.org and uh, and uh, sign up, become a member. If you're if you're already an avid hiker, please go to Friends of the Florida Trail and sign our petition. We want a continuous trail. Uh, sooner the better. But uh, let me just name a few wonderful places. Um, uh, Rice Creek Sanctuary is west of Palatka. Gee, mm-hmm. it's about three or four miles. Um, and you can find that on a, on a map. Oh, by the way, I'll mention another uh, place to, to look for information on the Florida Trail. FloridaHikes.com. Yes. Absolutely. Sandra Friend and her husband John. Uh they uh they sell guidebooks. Uh wonderful uh guidebooks if you're gonna set out in an area that you're unfamiliar with particularly. Um so uh this 
Rice Creek Sanctuary uh, in colonial times, uh, they chopped the they chopped the, the the wetland tree species down, tupelo and cypress, and they planted indigo. I guess I don't know anything about indigo, but I guess you need uh, uh, it's like rice. I guess you need wet wetlands. And they planted mm-hmm. indigo there. Well, they, in doing that, they built dikes. And so the Florida Trail goes through, through this uh, Rice Creek Sanctuary. The trees have since then have all grown up. They're towering trees today. And you, and you, and you hike through on, uh, on dikes. Uh, and it's, it's, it's gorgeous. That was my yeah. last hike. Um, uh, I, I hiked, um, let me think. Let me think. Where the heck was I? Where was I? I don't know the name of it. It was uh, northwest of the Rice Creek Sanctuary. I've hiked. I've hiked west of White Springs, which this is a great hike too. White Springs is what they call a trail town, so mm-hmm. they're quite proud of the services they offer hikers. And the white, bla- the orange blazes of the Florida Trail go go right right down Main Street in this tiny town. It's uh, it, it, and you know there's motel and a restaurant and a laundry and stuff that hikers need so uh and and you just start right there in white springs and hike west that's a great hike um there are dikes to hike on also in the saint mark's refuge south of tallahassee uh, yes. just just go all the way south till you hit the gulf and and you'll you'll see you'll find the florida trail uh, i took my grandson uh, uh one of them on a on a hike northwest of, of uh, Lake Okeechobee, um, but I, I can't remember how I would identify that. Uh, I'll tell you what, <clears throat> I love the big cypress. The problem is uh, that I like it in ideal circumstances. So what's <laughs> ideal? What's ideal? Well, because it's in South Florida, you know you're you're hungering for uh, cool breezes from the north, mm-hmm. uh, and you're you can get those maybe in December. Trouble is, the land is drying out. The rains the rains slow down in October. Yeah, uh, and they more or less end in November. But the land is oftentimes, often not always, oftentimes wet in December, <clears throat> and so you're waiting for the cold to come. I do. Speaking for myself, uh, I love to hike in 50 degree weather if I if I could. And uh, and and the land is drying out, and you're waiting for the cold. So they cross in February. February is a great month uh, to to hike north. Uh, look at the weather map. Look for a cold front coming if you if you care to. Uh, maybe you don't like that, but I yeah. I, I like it. If I if I perspire perspire too much, Misty, then I then I want to go jump in a a lake or a canal or something, you know, and get a bath. <laughs> yes, but, I understand. Yeah, but anyway, no, I tell you what, uh, it's it's uh, it, it the the term big sky. I know it's applied to Montana. I don't care, but it, it applies to the big cypress. I have a feeling. Uh, that the sky is big out there, and the cypresses yeah. are off in the distance, and the slash pines, these pine islands, the Florida Trail goes from pine island to pine island, and you know the, the endangered red cockaded woodpecker is out out there, and mm-hmm. I, I I like it. Yeah, I think that's one of my favorite sections for sure. Um, well, do you have any final words of wisdom for hikers or? Anything you'd like to pass along um, about, you know, protecting the trail or encouraging people who maybe have thought about coming to Florida to hike but have, have kind of been iffy on that subject, but how to encourage them to just come on down and hike? Yeah. Um, come on down. Yes, <laughs> Come on down. And uh, Come on I, I encourage people not to hike in the time now. That's 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 uh, uh, people. Uh, some FTA members will argue with me about this, but I'm telling you, in my opinion, it's such a big turnoff to hike in heat with mosquitoes. And uh, I mean, I don't even want to think about it. But you know, they just don't want to say that. They want to say the trail is a year-round trail. So you got my bias. So okay, here it is. 
hike in the winter months. Now, by the way, I can tell you from firsthand experience, the snow doesn't it doesn't melt off high passes in the western trails sometimes until the first week of July. And it snows in September. So July, August, September, I mean, the the season for hiking in some of these uh, locations, these most spectacular and desirable locations, the John Muir Trail, for example, which is a part of the Pacific Crest Trail, it's it's maybe three months, all right? Mm-hmm. January, February, March. So, I mean, uh, that's our season. Uh, that's that's our prime season. So we don't have to make any apologies for a, a season that seems to be only four months. It can be longer. If you extend it longer, however, in the fall, you do run into the hunting season. So you want to be careful where you go. Uh, and if you want to, if you want to, uh, lots of times uh, there's only hunting on the weekend. Uh, right. If you want to hike on the weekend, uh, the Florida Trail sells all kinds of orange T-shirts and orange hats, and, <laughs> and you know, yeah. uh, as, which I have. <laughs> and I've hiked, I've hiked on the Florida Trail uh, in hunting season, uh, properly colored up. But mm-hmm. um, uh, but anyway, uh, uh, the uh, f- folks should just, uh, I think. Start off in in what I call prime time, and right. uh, and then decide what you want to do from after that. Right. right. My, my my thoughts are just like getting more people out on the trail with, and seeing it and experience it. Experiencing it means more protection. Hopefully, more people enjoying it are 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 going to be putting pressure on the right people to to protect this area. And so that's my that's my goal is just. Get more people out, even if they're for day hikes or short section yeah. hikes. So. Yeah. You know, um, uh, in the very early days of the Audubon Society, um, if you remember in the, around the turn of the century from 1800 to 1900 <clears throat> and thereafter, they were shooting the egrets in the Everglades for plumes, for hats. Mm-hmm. And uh, and the, the the country got outraged at this. And there were people who didn't really uh, have to go see a snowy egret to send money to the Audubon Society. They 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 understood. They got it. This is something worthwhile. This is something important to America. We can't let this happen. Uh, and today we have elderly people in con- condos. They don't want to maybe get out there and hike, but they have children and grandchildren, and this is something good for America. And and uh, so. You know, even if you're not a hiker, it's it's a no-brainer. Uh, footpaths are a valuable asset for the country. Um, uh, you know, for only some of the reasons we've mentioned, and others that we haven't. We're, listen, um, I got to mention one right now: PTSD. We didn't know this a few years ago, but we now know that quote. I can't remember the name of the of the psychologist, but quote. It's a quote. We have no better um, um, we have no better um, system uh, technique for dealing with uh, PTSD than sending a a, a guy a, a, a veteran out out on a uh, high, on a backpacking trip. Uh, so we we realize now, and we've got them on the Florida Trail every winter. Uh, mm-hmm. So this is the kind of thing that uh, an asset. Uh, that uh, is is extremely useful and extremely inexpensive. Uh, you know, in, in uh, past wars, the recovery time from the time the battle ended. I mean, in the Civil War, they had to walk home, and they had mm-hmm. a, they had a chance to start their recuperation. Uh, today, you get on a a, a a jet in your in your own home, 24 hours later, and you're not prepared for it. Uh, right. Finding, sending these guys out on a trail with a backpack is a wonderful way to begin uh, the the reconnecting to to their society, to, to their family. Right. Just one more reason we've got to protect the trail. It's it's for many more people than than right. you know a narrow age limit. So. Right. Um. Well, I guess 
to wrap up, I don't want to take up too much more of your evening, but um, do you have any upcoming hikes or trips or adventures you're going to be going on? And maybe just wrap up with um, the last your your organizations once more so people can uh, sign up those petitions yeah. and, and volunteer. Well, uh, I'm, I'm uh, busy gathering content, they call it, for my websites. Uh, I just came back uh, yesterday from uh, Arizona. I went out there to celebrate the 90th birthday of the man who founded Backpacker Magazine. Oh, wow. Uh, and uh, I, I shot a little video. Uh, he and I and one other person founded the American Hiking Society. And uh, so I made a video of that. Uh, Friday, I'm going out to uh, Campo tiny town about an hour southeast of uh, San Diego, which is the southern terminus of the Pacific Crest Trail. And I'm going to make mm-hmm. some videos of people who go there with their backpacks loaded, ready to ready to hike to the Canadian border <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and interview them and, you know, and, and post this kind of uh, content on, uh, on the websites I mentioned. The first being mm-hmm. Friends of the Florida Trail, .org, mm-hmm. and the second being hikingtrailsforamerica.org. The only raison d'etre of these organizations is to make them continuous. However we do it is is just super fine. doesn't matter. Right. We just want to get the job done. Just get the job done. And uh, so, um, well, the last... Uh, Let's see, consequential hike of mine uh, was uh, in Bhutan um, as I was preparing um, uh, my coffee table book, Trail Reflections. I guess I should give that a plug, Misty. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If if you go to Amazon and you type in hiker coffee table book or maybe hiking coffee table book backpacking, there's only one book that's going to come up, and that's mine. Uh, and uh, so Trail Reflections is the title. Uh, uh, and by by the way, I just found out you can find me on Google at Jim Kern Hiker. Uh, but um, anyway, uh, if you want information about that book, uh, let me know. And uh, please go to the two websites I've mentioned for more information about our mission, Closing the Gaps in our National Scenic Trails. Uh, I had, uh, when I did that Bhutan hike, uh, I was struggling with a, a bad left hip. And when I got home, uh, I had total hip replacement surgery on my left hip. Now, my right hip needs it. And, oh, no. Uh, yep. And, uh, and my, left, uh, my, my left toes are, I got uh, problems with that. So I'm, I'm looking for a surgeon to fix my toes. So... Uh, the rest of me, my, my internist tells me is just fine. So, um, so I, I, I'm a little bit slow in, 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 uh, finding interesting, wonderful places to hike to right now because I got, I got these joints I want to fix up. But, right. uh, <laughs> otherwise I'm gonna, when those are done, I'll be out on the trail. Good, good. Well, thank you for, coming on to the podcast and also for, for founding the Florida Trail because, you know, I love the trail and I love spending time on in Florida and I I think it's one of the most valuable assets to the state and I, I def, definitely appreciate it and I know other people do too. So thank you so much. Well, thank you for uh, asking me and uh, to be on your, uh, your program and uh, you're doing good work for the trail also, Misty. Um, Thank you. I can now vouch for that. All right. Yeah, I'm trying to spread the word just any way I can. And, you know, because I'm in Texas, I don't get to, uh, you know, get out to Florida as much as I used to. And um, this is my my way of spreading the word because there weren't any podcasts about the Florida Trail. There's so many about the AT and the PCT and any other major trail. And, you know, I we need more people to know about the Florida Trail. So do what I can. Thanks for the help. Yeah, thank you. Okay. Well, you have a great evening, sir. Mm-hmm. You too. Bye-bye. All right, bye-bye.